What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo, man. And this is Trust in Jesus Ministries. And we are on Genesis. We are going through our study and uh, on creation, how God created the world, how God created the universe, not the world, the universe, everything in it, all matter, everything. Uh, it's been pretty cool. So we're on day four, guys. Chapter one, verse 14 through 19. If you haven't read it, check it out. Stop the tape. Go back, read it, and then come back and uh, see what we got to say about the four questions. If you've already read it, let's go ahead and dive in. So what we have is that we have a splitting now. Um, uh, this day here, day four, kind of starts a new way of creation. I wouldn't say a new way, but maybe it parallels. That's that's the idea, is that it parallels to the first day. So on the first day, God created light. right? He said, let there be light. And then now he's going to give... Um, distinction to what that light is. And we see that's going to happen um, in the next two. God does another creation on day two. Uh, he, uh, um, on day two, and then uh, he creates the, the heavens and the expanse and then the waters. And then on day uh, five, he creates uh, the things that will inhabit those and then uh, day six, he creates the land and the trees, and then he creates the creatures that will inhabit those, and then thereby actually eat those things for survival. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like a parallel, and this is the first part of the parallel that we find is the um, the the what goes from, I think scholars say, what goes from um, the indiscriminate to the discriminate. Uh, so it's just lights are created, and now it's going to talk about what kinds of lights is going to define these type of lights. Anyway, let's go ahead and read what it says, man. It says, uh, and God said, uh, let there be lights in the sky or the, or the expanse of the sky for separation between the waters. I'm sorry, for separation between the day and the night. And, uh, let, the, the, and let them be uh, signs and seasons for days and for years. And then let the lights in the expanse of the sky uh, uh, for the light of the earth. Um, and it was so. And God made uh, made two great lights. This is the great uh, the greater light um, to rule the day and the, the smaller light to rule the night. Uh, and then the stars. <laughs> and God set the... Uh, and God set them in the expanse of the sky to light upon the earth and to rule the day and the night and to separate uh, between the lights or from the light and the darkness. And God saw that it was good and it was evening and it was morning. The fourth day. So what do we got here? What is the author trying to convey? What is he trying to say? Well, there's a lot going on in this verse, man. And so let's let's break it down. He says this, first off, uh, that God created these lights. And he didn't give them a name. He just called them greater light and lesser light. And that they have a specific function. So they are subordinate to his will, but they have a specific assumption, a, a specific function. And that is just to give us seasons, days, and years to help us understand time. 
And then after this uh, specific function that that they have, they also um, he ends with. Uh, uh, it's funny because he ends with just and the stars. So he doesn't he doesn't really go into like anything about the constellations that are also up there. It's just the stars. And he says also that this this specific function was also just to light the earth uh, and to separate the day and the night. And so that that is important for us to 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 check out. And the reason why this is is because we're going back now. We got to go back to the mind of the reader. That's that's how we have to understand all this stuff. Is what is the writer trying to convey to the reader at that specific time in that culture? And in that culture, man, the sun. The moon, uh, the constellations, the stars, they were all worshipped as deities. They were seen as eternal, and they were seen as powers that rule over everything. But the uh, writer of this text has said something different. First, he said they're created. It says because God created these things. He is the one who has made them. And so they're not eternal and ongoing and forever. They are not gods, but they are objects. And these objects that they are have a specific function. They're not up there to control or rule or be worshipped. There is only one God. And their function is that they would light the earth, but then give us uh, an understanding of time when things occur. That is the function of them. And then not only that, but he, um, um, the writer also intends to separate the idea of what these uh, um, these luminaries are by only saying they're luminaries, by only saying they're lights. Because the sun had a name, like we call it now, sun. The moon had a name. But these names were associated with deities, with pagan deities. And so uh, a term is that the author is demythological. demythological. Oh, man, I can't even say it, but... It's taking the myth out of this or the um, taking the the godness, the deity out of these uh, um, these entities that are seen in that culture as God. He is removing that by not even giving them names, by just stating that they are lights and these lights have a purpose. And one more thing I like to say about it is because I just heard Neil deGrasse talking about how the Bible was wrong because It said that the moon shone light. What he fails to realize is that these are phenomenological understandings. And I think I said that last time in the last episode, talking about how it is a person is perceiving the world. Not that he is making a scientific claim on an object being able to produce light. It is that the person writing these things is looking at something and making a, uh, um, uh, an, making a assumption, not an assumption, but making a description of what is happening by what is actually he is perceiving in his sight. That's why we say things like the sun rises. And then if you were to say the sun rises now, ain't nobody going to be like, no, you're wrong. The sun ain't rising. The earth is turning. No. And that's the same thing where this guy's saying that there are a great light and a less light. The great light is the sun. The less light is the, uh, the moon. It's not saying that it produces light, but that as you look at it, it has lights. Sorry for my wigging out and going off on Neil deGrasse there because he's 
probably a lot smarter than me in his uh, understanding of physics and all this stuff. But this, he should understand that the, the scriptures are talking about how they see things, not specifically the um, the the actuality of the moon reflecting the light of the sun. But what does the scripture say about God? What is the author trying to convey to the people who read this characteristics about God? Well, he's saying that there is only one God. There is no other. The major deities, uh, the constellations, uh, the stars in the sky, because that was a huge thing. All of the constellations, all of the stars, the vast stars in the sky. So we got like Orion and all these things, uh, um, the Pisces. And, and these were all considered gods of that time. And that uh, he actually leaves that as an aside. That's why I kind of laughed and chuckled when I was reading it is because he talks about the greater light, the lesser light. But then he's like, and the stars, which and he made the stars because those weren't important. They were important enough to mention because God created them, but they weren't the, the, um, the rulers or the, the needing uh, deities that uh, the world at that time had proclaimed them to be. So the author is saying, there's no other gods. What is he saying about mankind? Well, this is a polemic or a, um, a testament to you don't worship anything other than God. There are no idols. Matter of fact, these idols are fake. They're, they're not real. They've been created by God, the one who rules everything, the unseen one. The stars, the moon, the sun, you see those things and you think they are so great and, maj and majestic that you would desire to worship them. But you shouldn't because there was one who is greater. And it is Yahweh, or is Elohim. He is the one who has uh, created these things, and he is the one to be worshipped. And so he is our object of worship. And, that, and that's what it's saying about uh, mankind, is that we should be worshipping God. That God is the only one worthy of worship. Well, how do we apply these truths to us, uh, our lives? Well, I think this one is, is um, pretty simple, but difficult. Is that we need to examine our lives. And what are the things that we have lifted up or have placed as gods in our lives? And these things have a function. They're important. That's why they are there. That's why they're created. But they shouldn't have been moved to the status of God. It could be money. It has a function to barter and trade. But when we place this above every other thing, to pursue it above every other thing, to keep it above every other ideal, it has become a God in our life. What about relationships? And God's created us for relationship. We're going to see that. But if this thing is the one thing in which we desire to have and strive to get and do all things to hold on to, then those, that, that needs to be placed in its proper function. What is it in your life and what is it in my life that I need to check out and realize that I have placed it as a God status when it shouldn't even be named? I appreciate you guys for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.